0: Welcome back to The Curious Clinicians, a medical podcast that asks why. I'm Tony Brew and I'm here again with my co-hosts Avi Cooper and Hannah Abrams. How are the two of you?
1: Awesome. How are you guys?
2: Good. Couldn't be better.
0: And so um, before we get into the episode, either of you guys have something uh, you want to either plug or uh, mention to the listeners?
2: So I was going to plug somebody that I follow on Twitter um, and who I've been learning a lot from from his videos. His name is Dr. Mike Todorovich, and he's an educator in Australia, a medical educator in Australia. And he has posted some really great content videos explaining physiology, pathophysiology, kind of basic mechanisms of disease. And he Had a great video relevant to the topic that we're going to discuss today on EKGs and STEMIs. And so I would, and we'll link to the video uh, on YouTube in the show notes. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. So, as Avi just said, um, in this episode, we're going to explore why transmural uh, myocardial infarctions cause ST elevations on the EKG. I think this is something that's so common and it's sort of baked into our medical culture that we kind of take it for granted and don't wonder, like, why does that happen? Why is a STEMI a STEMI?
1: And just to clarify, so we're going to focus mostly on this transmural myocardial infarctions leading to STEMIs as opposed to subendocardial ischemia causing regional ST depression.
2: Yes, that's right. So we'll focus on STEMIs in this episode, but we'll see that the mechanisms of ischemic ST elevations and depressions are both definitely linked, and they're related to the same types of changes that affect Ischemic myocardial cells. So we'll cover both of those.
0: Excellent. We'll get a twofer, I guess. <laughs> um, so, so, all right. Ha, so, can you remind us, you know, what part of the cardiac cycle the ST segment actually represents? I, I'm sure the the uh, the interns and the med students in the audience are uh, frantically grabbing their pen.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a visual topic for sure. So we'll we'll try to do it justice uh, in audio form but the the ST segment represents the isoelectric period between depolarization and repolarization of the cardiac myocytes and essentially there's no net flow of charge until repolarization begins which is represented by the T wave and in a STEMI it's the ST segment that becomes elevated
1: okay So I know in my head somewhere that a STEMI comes from a blockage of coronary vessels leading to myocardial cells becoming ischemic, or rather not getting enough blood flow and oxygen. And then on the other side, I know that STEMI stands for ST elevation MI. (laughs) how do we get from one to the other (laughs) reperfuse here a little bit
2: (laughs) let's see if we can connect these dots so the inciting event at least from like an electrocardiographic perspective is the mitochondria of ischemic myocardial cells are unable to generate enough atp and this occurs almost immediately you know within a couple of minutes of the onset of ischemia and you know that kind of makes sense right because you've cut off the flow of blood but a specific thing happens as a result of the reduced ATP production, and this was something that I didn't know before kind of preparing this topic. So remember that potassium efflux or flow out of the cell is the way in which cardiac myocytes repolarize and essentially kind of end depolarization. And so one important channel that mediates that flow of potassium, is the potassium ATP channel or KATP channel, which as it turns out is very appropriately named because it's a <laughs> potassium exporter that requires ATP to remain closed. Mm-hmm. So when ATP production falls during ischemia, there's less ATP available to keep that KATP channel closed and it remains open. So as a result, during ischemia, you have more potassium exported from the myocyte on an ongoing basis.
1: It's very aptly named
0: all right. So what are the implications of all this you know, potassium having been exported because this channel is now just on, 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 where typically the ATP would have kept it or at least allowed it to be off at times?
2: I, was, I think I just got Hannah's pun. <laughs> it took me It took me like 30 seconds to process. A good I pun. usually
0: don't get the puns until I listen to the episode afterwards. <laughs>
2: Okay, so Tony, your question was about the implications of the like the increased <laughs> potassium export for repolarization, essentially.
0: Right. So we've got all this potassium now. All right. I I still don't see it. ST elevation.
2: So yeah. So there's the rub, right? And it's also that's a bad pun. But so more <laughs> more, more more potassium export in ischemic cells leads to faster ventricular depolarization of those cells relative. To non ischemic, well perfused myocytes. So, the electrical cycle in ischemic cells, you know, it becomes shorter as a result, especially the, the, the depolarization phase, which in effect creates an electrical charge difference between ischemic and non ischemic areas of the heart as depolarization is ending and heading into repolarization. So, if we think back to physics 101, you know, what happens when you have different charges? near each other. So what do you, do you guys remember kind of what happens when you have different differential charges? You get flow. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you get a relative current. In this case, the current flows from ischemic to non-ischemic myocardium. Yeah. And we'll see why that's relevant.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we have, we have these KATP channels that are stuck open. We get to repolarization faster, essentially. And now we have this relative current that's flowing from the ischemic myocardium to the non ischemic myocardium. So where are the ST elevations?
2: We're so, going to keep
0: asking you, Avi, yeah. until you tell us.
2: <laughs> this is, you know, the preamble, you know, we gotta set the stage, plow before you plant, all those things. Now <laughs> so, so answer to answer that question. So you know, we need to briefly review the conventions for EKG tracings relative to the directionality of the flow of charge and EKG leads on the skin. So Remember that you know if charge flows toward a lead the tracing is going to deflect upward and if charge flows away from a lead the tracing is going to deflect downward that's the convention so let's go back to STEMIs in that case you have transmural ischemia where the ischemic myocardium goes all the way up to the epicardium and so everything under the an EKG lead on the skin is ischemic and so you know because of faster depolarization in the um, ischemic cells, the relative electrical current is going to flow from ischemic to non-ischemic myocardium. And in the leads that are over the part of the heart that's having the STEMI, that's going to be away from that lead. You know, And so how do you guys think that that's going to be represented on the tracing?
1: Okay. So ischemic myocardium is basically sending um, a signal away or into non-ischemic myocardium. So if the, like, for example, if I have inferior ischemia in AVF, it will push the whole EKG in a negative direction. It'll be away.
2: Yeah. And specifically the parts that are during, like, during depolarization. But then because there's no difference between repolarization speeds between ischemic and non-ischemic myocytes, during repolarization, that gradient is going to disappear, and the EKG is going to shift back upward. So, Han and Tony, is this clear as mud?
0: <laughs> yeah, so we're, oh, we're, it's, what's fascinating right now, obviously, is that we're talking about lots of things being
2: depressed. <laughs>
0: And and so we're gonna have to you had to bring it home for us and and like give us this elevation right we've been waiting this whole time for an elevation
2: yeah exactly so what's happening is the ST segment <laughs> actually only appears elevated because the baseline of the other EKG segments has been shifted down because of those differences in depolarization speed and honestly you know and so the ST elevation is really the only one that's just not depressed essentially and so I I found this kind of mind bending, I guess, like, it's kind of like looking down the rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland, up is down, down is up kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> AVF is AVR. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I, uh, one of my favorite professors in medical school used to say that um, ST depressions, or sorry, ST elevations are everything else depressions, Zab and Sargasyan. Uh, and it was like, it, it, this kind of finally is clicking for me that it's everything else on the EKG other than the repolarization segment has this gradient that's going on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's all shifted down. That's very well put. I I really like that. And
1: yeah, it, 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 I mean, STEMI
0: flows a lot better than like PQRS depression (laughs) MI or whatever we'd have to do. Uh, so I, I'm totally comfortable with the, uh, the STEMI. Um, but but so now I'm like doubly confused because I feel like I'm using double negatives. You're going to have to talk just for a minute about the ST depressions that we see in sub endocardial ischemia. Can you walk us through that a little bit?
2: Yeah. So it's a great question. And it actually works the exactly the same way, which I was quite relieved for because this was confusing enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so remember with STEMIs that have transmural ischemia like we talked about. There's no normal non-ischemic tissue between the ischemic myocardium and the electrodes on the skin. So the the ischemic current is gonna flow away from that electrode, like we discussed. And that leads to a lowering of the baseline EKG and the appearance of ST elevation, which is really kind of an illusion. But with subendocardial ischemia, which is non-transmural, there is by definition some non-ischemic tissue between the ischemic subendocardium and the EKG electrode. So you actually end up with the opposite result of what happens in a STEMI, where the ischemic current is going to flow toward the electrode, you know, from ischemic to non-ischemic. And that shifts the EKG baseline up (laughs) and the ST segments appear depressed, but they're just the only, that's the only part that isn't elevated. (laughs)
1: So now we're back to triple negatives. Great. (laughs) No, but that, okay, awesome. So like you basically have, it's essentially the same thing, except you do have a current that's flowing specifically toward the electrode because you have subendocardial ischemia that's flowing outward toward the the rest of the myocardium.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Cool. Okay, uh, what about J-point elevations, uh, which perpetually confuse me? is this also how j-point elevation works am i finally gonna understand j-point elevations
2: yeah i feel like j-point elevation is like the scourge of internists <laughs> like is scourge it J- of
1: interns <laughs> is there's it, a lot
2: of scourges but this is one is it j-point is it sd elevation yeah so if i squint more will will i know <laughs> maybe
0: i'll take out my calipers, right, right.
2: shine it in the light but <laughs> no, so, so my understanding is that the J point elevation or early repulsation, is it's also related to variations in potassium channel function, but the exact mechanism isn't like fully elucidated. I, I don't know that much about J point elevation, but that's my understanding that it's 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 so something no one it's something understands. to do with Right, exactly. So nobody understands it, but it's I think it has something to do that's
0: with That's why it's a scourge. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it has something to do with potassium channels. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. So um, it, it seems like potassium is a, a fairly relevant um, ion electrolyte as relates to the heart. Who who knew? <laughs> All right. So Avi, can you um, you know maybe share with us something else you learned? Because apparently you didn't learn anything about J
2: points. So so you know I was also interested to learn if hyperacute T waves from ischemia result from the same mechanism. And so, just yes, as please. so, you know, just as a reminder, hyperacute T waves are broad-based, tall T waves that have increased amplitude, and they represent the first signs of ischemia, and that's you know even before like ST depressions or elevations. And so, these are actually also thought to reflect changes in the speed of depolarization during ischemia, during you know due to alterations in the function of the KATP potassium channel, you know, similar to like the proper ST elevations that we all know and recognize. But uh, I'm going to mention a, an experiment that involved animals. And I always feel bad for these poor animals in these studies. But you know, this was an experiment in, in dogs in the 1990s where they occluded their epicardial arteries and then they gave the dogs either placebo or an inhibitor specifically of KATP, that channel. And so the animals that received the placebo had immediate hyperacute T waves on EKG. And the dogs that got the KATP inhibitor had significantly less increase in the amplitude of of T waves with ischemia. And so it's probably just all on this, it's probably all a spectrum of of, of changes related to the increased function of this KATP channel.
0: I had always been told, and I have even said myself, that those hyperacute T-waves are kind of manifestations of, quote-unquote, local hyperkalemia, you know. But to some extent, the uh, amount of extracellular potassium is, in fact, higher in these ischemic myocardium. So it it does make some sense in that explanation, even though it's cursory, um, you know, isn't totally off, it
2: seems. Yeah, I think that's that's a helpful way to think about it but yeah i think the ultimate issue there is the channel is constitutively open it's too it's open too much too often so
0: and and that's what i had never heard is you know why is there um uh, localized hyperkalemia i thought maybe it's because you were killing all these myocardial cells and Mm -hmm. so they were spilling out the potassium because they were exploding but it could simply be that the potassium atp channel Mm. is constitutively on which i had not ever heard of
2: You and me both.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, this was a fun one. Avi, can you give us your take-home points?
2: Yeah. So ischemia decreases ATP production, which leads to faster potassium export through and more constitutive potassium export through the KTP channel since it requires ATP to remain closed, and so it remains open abnormally. This increased potassium export then leads to faster depolarization of ischemic tissue, which creates a current between ischemic and non ischemic myocardium. So, in transmural MIs, which cause STEMIs, this current is directed away from the EKG leads on the skin and leads to a lower baseline on the EKG tracing. There's no difference in the speed of uh, repolarization, though. So, the charge gradient and that current stops during that phase of the cardiac cycle. And so, that leads to an isoelectric ST segment. But because the baseline of the tracing was shifted down, you know, the ST segment just appears elevated. And the same principles apply for ischemic ST depressions and hyperacute T waves as well. And so, in a certain sense, like for me, it's like it's all kind of almost an illusion. <laughs> you know, it's the ST elevation, it's not really elevated, it's just not depressed.
1: You're imagining the STEMI.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm going <laughs> to still stay STEMI, <laughs> but I'll at least know that I'm, uh, I'm alluding to an illusion when I'm doing that. <laughs> All right. Well, that was great, Avi. Um, And that wraps up uh, this episode of The Curious Clinicians. Uh, Thanks, as always, for joining us. As a reminder, you can join our mailing list at curiousclinicians.com to stay up to date on episode releases and have detailed notes sent directly to your inbox. We're excited to partner with VCU Health to offer CME and MOC credits for physicians and other healthcare professionals just for listening to this episode. For more information, visit ce.vcuhealth.org slash curiousclinicians. And as always, the information contained in this episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Until next time, we've been the Curious Clinicians. Bye. Bye.